0: I I can't believe we did an entire season of this like yes we're posting this podcast like two weeks after the episode happened but we still we finished the season
1: I also had a lot of people reach out to me during this finale and being like I can't wait to listen to this episode (laughs) and I was like oh god no pressure over here
0: Hello, and welcome to Take a Moment, a Bachelor podcast. For Paulina's friends, I'm Annalise. And for Annalise's friends, I'm Paulina. Paulina, we did it. We made it to the end of the season. How does it feel? We made it to the end of Clayton's season,
1: is not what we really need to stress here.
0: I know. It was was trying at many, many, many times, specifically this two-night finale.
1: This two-night finale that we've now had like a week to just like process.
0: Exactly, yeah. Like, the one upside to being super busy with grad school is it forces us to sit and actually really think critically about this episode instead of just reacting with our immediate emotions, and we were just going back our te- through our texts from the night that the episode aired, and we were very heated.
1: We had a lot of feelings, and we used caps lock a lot, so
0: caps lock was pretty much permanently on and my biggest pet peeve about texting in all caps on an iPhone is it doesn't give you the option to like auto correct your spelling errors so you have to be very precise
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um before we get into kind of the more specific episode breakdown where do you think Clayton ranks in terms of all-time bachelors after this finale
1: I don't think Clayton is a bad person. I think he's just incredibly stupid. Mm -hmm. But somehow this season felt messier than Ari, Jason Mesnick, and Colton. And Peter, I would say. And Peter. I, like, forgot about Peter, honestly.
0: (laughs) The last, like, normal season before COVID. It's crazy to think about it like that.
1: Yeah, but, like, Clayton somehow, as a bachelor novice, (laughs) made it more dramatic than anyone else who understood how the show was working so he's definitely up there with most problematic bachelor seasons but maybe not terrible bachelor person
0: I yeah I agree with you I don't think that he is an intentionally malicious person I don't think he is an intentionally cruel person however I think What made him seem like such a bad bachelor in my mind was he so clearly was wrapped up in the fact that he was the bachelor and he couldn't remove himself from his role as the bachelor to try to empathize with any of the final three women. And we saw something very similar with Katie Thurston, where Greg tells her he loves her, and all she can say is, I just can't stop looking at you. Like, I just love looking at you. Um, something just very shallow and not what you want to hear when you tell somebody that you love them. And obviously, if somebody tells you, you love, that they love you, you don't have to immediately respond with, I love you too. Like, that's not mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say here. But it was clear that Greg was her front runner. It was clear that she had really strong feelings for him. And for a while, it really seemed like she was going to pick him. And the fact that he tells her he loves her and she just can't respond with anything real because she's so entangled in the show and she's so set on following the rules of being the bachelorette and she takes the role so seriously that she kind of loses her identity. With Clayton, we see him assuming that all three women are going to be totally fine with him sleeping with everybody because he's the bachelor and that's the point of the show is to explore all these relationships to their fullest and then pick whoever he thinks fits into his life the best or as he likes to say whoever he loves the most so for that I think his inability to separate himself from being the bachelor and his inability to think about how any of these women might feel hearing the things that he's saying in the name of you know going on his journey and protecting his heart and following his heart and being happy that I think is what really makes him a crap bachelor
1: yeah I think he was just incredibly naive about mm-hmm. this whole experience and that like there's a reason we refer to him as ABC's him but yes it's funny but also like he just has no clue what's going on and he doesn't get better about it as his season progresses like he doesn't seem to understand any more about like how to navigate these relationships even as they're like narrowing down honestly it got worse as he had less people to work with
0: it got way worse as he had less people to work with and that was shocking because he wasn't particularly good at being the bachelor for most of the season like you would have thought once it got down to the few that he really liked he would have gotten better at it Mm -hmm, but he didn't. So I think there's something to be said for going into being the lead optimistic and you know a little bit you don't have to be a super fan to be the lead of the show I don't think but you wouldn't go into a professional setting not knowing anything about the job that you're going to take just relying on what other people are telling you are your responsibilities and I feel like it's just It's really bad practice to go into the show as the lead without watching a complete season, which I'm pretty sure he said he only watched Matt's season, maybe, and Matt's season was not reflective of how the show usually runs. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get on my soapbox for a hot second and complain about the fact that Clayton was chosen. So we've seen nearly every Bachelor who comes from a previous season makes it to hometowns at least, and most of them make it to fantasy suites. Um, some exceptions include Juan Pablo, um, Katie Thurston for Bachelorette, uh, Matt James didn't um, wasn't a contestant before he was selected as The Bachelor, and now Clayton. Am I missing anybody? I don't think so. Um, Hannah Brown for Bachelor as well came from outside of the top. Oh, I forget she went like literally right before though. Mm-hmm. She made it right to the episode right before Home Tense, which is similar placement to Clayton. I understand if the audience and the producers really connect with somebody who doesn't go as far. I actually think Hannah Brown was a much more interesting choice than Hannah Godwin, um, Tasha at that time based off of her edit on Clayton's season or caitlin i think that hannah was a much more dynamic character and dynamic presence on the screen than the other top finishers on colton's season but when you look at how they picked katie thurston who finished 11th on matt's season behind runner-up michelle young because katie was picked before they announced michelle's season. Brie, um, Serena Pitt, Abigail Haringer—all these women who are women of color who have really interesting backstories—who conducted themselves with such grace and poise on the show in such a weird environment. When you look at them picking Clayton over Brandon, um, Joe, who at the time got a very good edit, but obviously we don't want him to be the lead based off of the allegations against him. Rodney, who literally talked about being an underdog, a line that they then used to describe (laughs) Clayton for all of his marketing over Olu, who I believe went home at the rose ceremony um, right after Clayton was eliminated on his one-on-one date. All of these men, all these black men who have incredibly interesting stories, who really conveyed their emotions their histories what makes them them in such beautiful ways and they picked the guy who the kindergarteners wanted to be the bachelor and that was all of the evidence that they gave us that he deserves to be the bachelor it's pretty freaking clear what production is doing they're picking the white people who are mediocre at best over much more interesting leads of color because they think that they can manipulate the white people better to give them the storyline that they want and I am bored of it I do not enjoy these seasons I did not particularly enjoy Katie's season I loved Michelle's season and I hated Clayton's season so the lesson here is stop doing this
2: (laughs) nobody wants doing
0: the same thing Just like cast an interesting lead of color. Do you really want to keep catering to your racist fan base and continue to use the Nielsen rating system, which of course skews more towards a racist middle America fan base? Why don't you want to grow your younger, more open-minded audience? Why aren't you making more steps to bring in audience members of color why aren't you trying to bring in more millennials and more Gen Z why aren't you like what are you doing here a great question
1: that I honestly have no answer for you because it makes no sense
0: do you have any suggestions for how the show could bring itself more with the times like it just it feels like they're not catering to like the core audience of college girls in their sorority house anymore like what can they do to fix it I honestly think they need to move more towards like bachelor in paradise and less
1: and like move away from like bachelor bachelorette sort of things because like love island does really well love is blind does really well mm-hmm. boy island f boy island really well. did really well but like this like a bunch of people pining for one person that they don't really know like isn't realistic or as enjoyable to watch anymore like I obviously enjoy watching it I have a great time with it but like Mm -hmm. how much of it is because I actually enjoy it versus like it's just a habit I can't break at this point
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's part of the zeitgeist I like gotta keep up with it Mm -hmm. I think that um Game of Roses kind of pointed out this disconnect to me and I really agree with it I think either the show has to stop pretending it's about finding people love because Clayton has said in interviews he asked the producers to put put um, Susie's overnight date first so he could talk to her before his overnight dates with Gabby and Rachel and they said no Mm -hmm. Um, so the show either needs to stop pretending like it has any interest in Giving the lead an opportunity to develop a serious, healthy relationship, or it needs to just lean into the fact that it's messy drama and it's designed to put people in a high pressure situation and try to come out of it in a relationship because what they're doing right now it's it's not working,
1: yeah, I think you're right. I think if they start framing it like for what it actually is and what's we're seeing they would might do better
2: mm-hmm.
1: with a broader audience than right now where it's just like people who have watched the show and like know that it used to be for like finding someone like yes it still had a lot of like producer and like behind the scenes drama being orchestrated but like at the end of the day like you still felt like you believed that some of these people wanted to be together mm-hmm. i think they just need to reframe what they're doing honestly And I don't know if they're willing to do that.
0: I think they're not willing to do that. And that makes me, it makes me sad, but it also just confuses me. Why would you not want to make the show last as long as possible? You know, Mm -hmm. more money for you if it lasts longer. Yeah, I agree. Shall we dive into this absolutely bonkers two night extravaganza? Let's do it. How much did it bother you that from the opening moments of the first night of the finale, Jesse Palmer is calling it the Rose Ceremony from Hell and just like sticks to this line throughout the entire night?
1: I feel like the Rose Ceremony wasn't the problem. And it's weird mm-hmm. to word it like that. Right, like you're saying it- Rose Ceremony from Hell, imagining people throwing their roses in anger, like...
0: Exactly, yeah. Or like an earthquake hits, you know? Mm-hmm. Like something specific that's kind of more about the event and not just about Clayton being an absolute moron, you know? Exactly. So we start off with Jesse in the audience saying weird things like making sure your kids and pets are safe, as if the Rose ceremony is going to attack us through the television set. We then see Clayton in a church. And a church choir is cut in to make it look like they're singing to him so that he's having some sort of weird religious clarity. Um, Notably, the Fantasy Suite episode was the first time we hear Clayton talk about his religion at all. And it's when he's trying to make Susie feel bad for sending herself home. Um, So, you know, we love weaponized Christianity. It's my favorite thing.
1: I was dying laughing at the dramatic church music and Clayton sitting in the pews just like rubbing his temples being like oh god what's happening and then they cut to him he's like I'm so broken I said you were so dramatic like (laughs) you broke up with someone like you were going to break up with someone this week chill
0: exactly yeah I did appreciate that he acknowledges that he feels bad about what happened. And from what we've heard from Jesse Palmer, it sounds like he literally woke up the next morning and was like, I don't feel good about how that went down. But at the same time, we kind of see this recurring theme throughout these two episodes. And it starts here, where he is only capable of thinking about himself, he's completely unable to think about how the women might Be feeling at this point and it just really really turned me off from Clayton I like your friend Cassandra was Mm -hmm. more or less on Clayton's side after the Susie ultimatum but seeing the way this played out makes me really regret defending him because it's clear Mm -hmm. that it wasn't that he was confused about who he was going to pick somehow he was dead set on choosing Susie at the end of the season and he just was completely incapable of thinking about how him choosing to sleep with two women who he's not going to get engaged to might affect his third relationship so
1: his third and his supposed most loved most intense relationship yeah alleged,
0: allegedly <laughs> yeah that um, was
1: my same issue too because I was, I was like I also defended Clayton I was a week prior, I was, I was like, you know what? Like, if they've discussed it and they've talked about exploring relationships, and he really doesn't know who he wants to pick, like, obviously, like physical intimacy is important to him too. And like, as long as he's been open about it, and that's what it had sounded like, I was like, no, I'm on your side. And then seeing him, anything he did this week, I was like, absolutely. I, I was like, now I've just voiced my opinion, and now I can't take those words back.
0: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you can't unring that bell, but boy, do I wish I could mm-hmm. just. Just selfish behavior all around. Um, We see Clayton sit down to talk to Jesse Palmer on a random Icelandic bench. Um, He talks about what you were hitting on. He and Susie apparently talked about exploring other relationships. And then he got upset because Susie... Didn't appreciate that he had done that and explored the other relationships but once again he doesn't take a minute to consider maybe if you know you're going to pick one person you shouldn't sleep with the other two because that will upset the person that you do want to pick and just throughout this conversation Jesse Palmer is like so what do you want to do like Rachel and Gabby are still here but it sounds like you really your relationship with Susie was really strong and he makes the decision to still continue with the process to have the rose ceremony and to tell them what happened with Susie because his the way he frames it is his being intimate with the other two women was what sealed the deal for Susie leaving and that was her deal breaker when in reality it seems more like it was the fact that he said that he was in love with the other two women and he slept with the other two women and he still tried to convince Susie that was her that was the biggest deal breaker Um, throughout this whole conversation did you feel like he was really just thinking about Gabby and Rachel as consolation prizes
1: I felt like I couldn't tell at this point
2: Mm -hmm.
1: at this point I was like I feel like he does want to see those out based on how like angry he was the episode prior Mm -hmm. that i thought he had just like he was like no absolutely not i'm cutting Susie off whatever like it doesn't matter i have two people that like i am in love with and like i can keep pursuing those but now we know as we continue to watch the episode yes he was just thinking of them (laughs) as consolation prizes
0: i mean it does seem like he's really trying to convince himself at this point that it could work out with either one of them As he should, because Susie didn't want to be with him anymore. But as soon as, so when I rewatched this episode, knowing how it all played out, as both Gabby and Rachel were walking in for the rose ceremony, they just both looked so good. And I could not help but think that Clayton is a dumb, dumb, stupid. Dumb, dumb, stupid. um, And he's just an absolute moron for not trying harder to make it work with either one of them. They also, like, apparently after Susie's overnight date is when they separate them and they're no longer living together. Do you like having them live together during Fantasy Suite Week? Do you think that that, the drama works for that? Or do you think that they should go back to the old way of doing Fantasy Suites?
1: I have, like, pretty mixed feelings on it. I think that it like, yes, the drama kind of helps. And I think it also kind of gives like a realistic, like reality check to all of them that like, hey, you're not the only one in this. Don't, don't get it twisted. Because I feel like before people would get super confused because they'd never saw the other person come back from their fantasy suite or like see how that those, their relationships with the other people had changed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's like a good good reason to have them together. But I also hate, making them wait and see that each other just come the next morning and like pretend like nothing's wrong we all know something's wrong exactly if your supposed future fiance walked in
0: like just had a date with another girl and she walked in I'd be pretty upset I don't want to be your roommate right like on the one hand I want to know exactly how far the relationships went with the other women and I'd rather hear it from the lead Um, I know Lauren Bushnell from Ben Higgins' season, has talked in the last week or so about how she felt like she didn't have all of the information when she said yes to Ben's proposal. Um, she felt like he left out some important context about his relationship with JoJo, and she learned all of that kind of late, and that really didn't build a solid foundation for them. And something like Nick Vial outing Andy for sleeping with him, like I feel like that might not have happened the way that it did if he josh and chris souls were all living together um but overall i think it just like it is uncomfortable especially when you have one of the people left who has expectations for the lead like the maddie pruitt situation Mm -hmm. the Susie situation it's obvious why they do it it's so that those people feel uncomfortable and those emotions come out but i i just I, I don't like it <laughs> mm-hmm. I did like Clayton's jacket though he only wears it for about three seconds but he comes in wearing this really nice like wool plaid mm-hmm. coat I do know one you're talking about it was cute <laughs> it was the only good thing he's worn all season
1: we need to get there eventually
0: um so he throws off his jacket he's wearing another ill-fitting suit And he launches into his monologue about how he's shattered into pieces and questioning everything, again, just not really thinking about the fact that he has two women here who are developing very deep feelings for him and probably won't take kindly to the fact that he's saying that one of his girlfriends leaving has completely wrecked him. And I also... So he tells them that he was in love with each of them he is in love with each of them and he was intimate with both Gabby and Rachel what were your reactions to this uh, this line which we've seen teased throughout the whole season but finally we get to see how it happens tonight I was convinced that it was like a, a clip of
1: audios just thrown together as it should have been because it shouldn't have been something to like announce to the group This should have been like a conversation between him and the other two women. Yes, you could do it together, but not like at a rose ceremony. Sit down, buy them a coffee, talk it out.
0: Right, like I'm sure somewhere along the way, production convinced him that this was a good idea. This was an Mm -hmm. okay thing to do. But again, he just, he cannot fathom that they might not appreciate hearing this information in front of each other no matter how close they are, no matter how good friends they are. The thing that really bothered me was we see during his overnight date with Gabby that he tells her during the overnight or during the dinner portion of the date that he's falling in love with her. He has the line as he's leaving where he's screaming, I am falling in love and it feels so good he never says he's in love with her that we see presumably he has only gotten to the game of roses love level three which is i'm falling in love with you Mm -hmm. the first time he's saying i'm in love with gabby or i love gabby is when he's telling both gabby and rachel that he was in love with all three women and that to me is just i wrote that is bullshit, and it is like, come it on, is. man, I think he did tell her during their
1: fantasy suite portion that he was in love with her. He was falling in love at dinner, but somewhere along the night, he was in love.
0: but he tells we see him tell Rachel that in the morning after footage that we mm-hmm. have as he's leaving, she yells, "I love you from the rooftop," and he yells back, "I love you too, Rachel, mm-hmm. but he we don't see him say, "I love you." during the next morning footage with Gabby we just see I'm falling in love and it feels so good Mm -hmm.
1: but based on her reactions and the kind of the way they've been they interacted this episode I think he did tell her okay that's my my guess
0: I hope so because it's really shitty if he's telling her I love you for the first time in this context I think So Clayton announces to both of the women and the world that he is in love with them and slept with both of them. And then he launches into this word salad about how he knows that this isn't easy. He isn't going to string them along. He wants them to ask questions. He's going to be fully transparent and he's going to respect whatever decision they Both make tonight. And we quickly see none of this is true. No, because he doesn't comfort either of them. No. He
1: lets them run off and then just talks to Brother Palmer about how his life is hard. Oh, it's so hard being in love with three people, sleeping with two of them, informing them, and just seeing how they take it, but also not really seeing how they take it because they go off camera and he's still there.
0: Like it looks like they go off on their own for a while I get giving them a minute to themselves so that they can you know feel all of their emotions he makes no effort to check in with either of them it's Gabby who eventually walks up and initiates a conversation with him like what are you doing yeah it just doesn't take that much to just like take a couple steps
1: and be like hey are you ready to talk like do you want to see do you want to talk to me yet or like do you need some time
0: exactly and he just like he doesn't recognize that that's what he's supposed to do. And the other thing about this whole debacle that Gabby points out um, later on is that it's very clear that he doesn't have the experience to deal with this. He talks about how he was in a relationship six years ago, but it looks like he hasn't been in an adult relationship ever.
2: <laughs> no,
1: and it's, I don't, it was very frustrating to watch like something that's been teased all season and like I'm still upset with the outcome. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's exactly who we thought was going to be there that we predicted a couple weeks ago. And it's still, I was like, oh, there's no way he can mess up that badly from last episode's breakup with Susie to this. Then he did. He found every way to mess it up.
2: He found
0: ways I didn't even know were possible to mess it up. So after Clayton tells them that they can feel however they feel and like they can do whatever they want um as we mentioned Rachel and Gabby both ask for a minute and go off in separate directions Rachel just starts sobbing uncontrollably Gabby is justifiably pissed um so we see these two very different reactions from them the thing I was wondering throughout this whole scene is we hear Rachel's sobs echoing throughout the building and I know it's a concert hall but do we think that that was actually what the audio sounded like that they recorded in the moment or do we think that they were pumping the audio in post-production
1: based on how much Rachel loved Clayton as much as it breaks my heart to see I don't think they had to pump it up that much
0: yeah I'm sure they did a little
1: bit but with how much she like cared for this man. I think she was truly gutted.
0: Yeah, especially once I learned that it's a concert venue and it's built to be acoustically sound. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is, this is real audio. Mm-hmm. We see Clayton chat with Brother Palmer. And just like you were saying, he talks about how much it hurts him. He reaffirms that he wants to continue the journey with both of them. And, um, at one point we see Gabby like march through, um, but like he doesn't stop to talk. He doesn't like try to talk to her at this point. He and brother Palmer just like stop talking and watch her walk by.
1: I don't know who is more infuriating in these last two episodes, Clayton or brother Palmer.
0: Brother Palmer literally was useless the entire time. The fact that Brother Palmer has the audacity
1: to be the host for the next season of The Bachelorette.
0: I have so many thoughts about that. Um, I guess we can get into that now. So (laughs) I was really hoping that it would be just Caitlin hosting the next Bachelorette season. I think they gave Taysha a great trial run and I just didn't. See a lot from her. She just didn't really do it for me as a host. Caitlin walking into Katie Thurston's room and sitting outside of her locked bathroom door, just talking to her like a person. Caitlin having those conversations with Michelle, um, specifically when they're walking along the beach during Fantasy suite Week. Like just the way that she handles the women reaching their breaking point with such grace, such care, and she really clearly knows the leads by the end of the season. Brother Palmer would never get down on the bathroom floor and try to coax the Bachelorette back out. Like, all he can say is like, I'm sorry that happened. What do you want to do? Like, come on, come on.
1: At this point, I think Pilot Pete's mom would be a better host bring back Barb. Like Barb would do a better job of this.
0: She really Brother would. Palmer. There's just like he is a lot like Chris Harrison and I get that that's what they were going for that's what they were looking for but like that doesn't work as well for the women. Mm-mm. I can't be alone with my own thoughts so I recently re-watched Hannah Brown's season and when Luke P comes back after she sends him home because she has had sex and Jesus still loves her and she had sex in a windmill four times and Luke P shows up again and she tries to send him home and he just won't leave Chris Harrison materializes like 15 minutes into this conflict and he's like well Hannah what do you want to do it's up to you and she says I want him to leave like yeah, you're a company man, but you can also be a real freaking human, you know?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Just, I'm mad. I'm not going to like it. It's going to make me really upset. And the fact that they're doing double bachelorettes for the first time, like, I'm really excited for Gabby and Rachel. I am very worried about Jesse Palmer's ability to handle this. Yeah, I am
1: worried. I think they both deserve a lot better than what the franchise is about to present to them. So yeah,
0: Also, half of their men are 25. I was like, Rachel's
1: 26.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I personally never date younger. I've tried it. It doesn't work. There's a reason why I don't do it anymore. And it's because it never has worked out for me. So my immediate instinct is like, why was the minimum age 23 when you've got a 26-year-old and a Mm 31-year-old?
1: I agree with you. I definitely think it would be wiser to date older, but... Maybe that's just who applied this season. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Maybe it's based off of who applied. So we finally see Clayton talk to one of the women. Gabby walks up and asks Clair- asks Clayton for clarity about what happened. She says that not having Susie here is concerning for me. This is the beginning of Gabby just going on an incredible run of questioning him Clayton clumsily tries to explain everything. <laughs> At one point Gabby like gives him the hand like yes, I know this part just like talk faster. Clayton talks about how Susie encouraged him to explore other relationships. Gabby points out that her definition of love is different from exploring Um, Clayton then says that he doesn't want to build a relationship on half truths or withholding information. So
1: he's going to continue to withhold information.
0: Exactly. Like (laughs) you're missing one key point here, which is that you told Susie, you loved her the most. And you told her unprompted that you loved her, which you didn't do with the other two. Um, Gabby then asks him, How do you weigh your words and then the potential of me going home? This whole time, from the moment she walked into the venue, I was like, Gabby thinks she's going home. Gabby thinks it's not her. And this is a really fair question that he told her that he loves her and he has to send somebody home when he's told all three of them that he loves them. Clayton then brings up the idea that he is going to pick whoever he loves the most. And once he gets through this, quote that love that I had with everyone else it ends there it's not that it wasn't real
1: yes because that's definitely how human emotions were once I have decided I love someone else more my love for you simply ceases to exist
0: which we clearly see throughout this episode that once Susie breaks up with Clayton and his love should end there it just doesn't so he just doesn't understand how anything works Gabby then brings up the question of how would you feel if you were in my position and we don't see Clayton's answer we just see the look on his face and it's clear that this is the first time he has tried to think about this.
1: It is the first time he's realized
0: ah yes if I had stayed on the Bachelorette just a little bit longer this could have been me. Exactly exactly and that is why they can't pick from outside of the final four if not outside of the final three anymore like we need to be done with that this doesn't Mm -hmm. work anymore even Hannah Brown who had one of the greatest seasons of all time once she got to hometowns and fantasy suites that was where her season really imploded because she just like it was her first time dealing with it she'd never seen those situations exactly yeah she'd never been in those situations she had a much harder time navigating it than uh, I think Becca was before her, mm-hmm. just I don't like it. Mm-mm. Gabby has another great line where she tells Clayton that love isn't, or no, she says this in an ITM. She says, Love isn't measured, you can't measure it. So don't say, like, whoever you end up with is who you love the most. And she gets the wonderful line of wrong fucking answer, which is just iconic.
2: Mhm.
0: And that's the end of the Gabby portion. We then shift to Rachel. So, very different tone here because Rachel was very very convinced that it was going to be her and rightfully so cuz he asks her what her full name is on their first one-on-one date. He gets the tap of approval from her dad after asking if it's okay if he proposes to her. Like I also I still To this day, do not understand where it shifted from Rachel to Susie in his mind. I don't understand. No. I
1: have had time to think about it and I was like, no, I don't know if like I'm just was so focused on Rachel's love for him that I assumed it was went both ways. Because I think Rachel loved him the most.
0: Rachel absolutely loved him the most I think Susie was completely turned off by the way that he handled their breakup as she should have been I would have been completely turned off too if somebody tried to weaponize their religion to get me to sleep with them uh Gabby I think was into him but it was very much bubble love and I think that she recognized that pretty quickly Rachel was so so in love with him Rachel Mm -hmm. would have married him at the end of the season if he'd asked
1: yeah I agree and it seemed very similar for him and I I mean we talked about it I don't know if we talked about an episode or just one of the many times we texted about our complaints of the season (laughs) that his relationship with Sue his relationship with Rachel felt real because of the dates and ways things were structured while everything with Susie felt like a bachelor production yes So they could have had moments that they didn't show us that like maybe their connection is more prominent, but based on what we saw, they weren't an obvious most in love couple.
0: Right. And the way that they spoke to each other, the way that they looked at each other, the way that they interacted in the quiet, simple, not over the top extravagant moments almost seemed awkward. At times they didn't have that sort of natural chemistry the ease that Rachel and Clayton had, which is why I was so sure that it it was gonna be Rachel. They just seemed so comfortable with each other right off the bat.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. So why it's so hard for us to talk about this part of the (laughs) rose ceremony with Rachel is where we don't get it either. Like we're still confused.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like we're totally on Rachel's side for the rest of the episode and this part is it's very hard to watch knowing how it plays out so Rachel says in an ITM that she's just really upset she is concerned that she's supposed to have her heart broken just for the chance that he might love her more than the other two women Uh, we then cut to Rachel walking up to Clayton for their alone time together and on the rewatch especially after watching the second night i picked up on something as they're getting ready to have their conversation rachel's coming down a flight of stairs and she he's at the bottom of the stairs she reaches out her hand so that he can take it and help her down the stairs and he just doesn't notice like it she almost gets to the bottom of the staircase before he finally takes her hand
2: like I hate, him. I
0: hate him too um this is like the first instance of him doing a terrible job of physically comforting her and as you noted previously it seems like their mutual love language is physical touch because they had such natural like they were always holding hands or somebody was like touching somebody else's arm and this is the first time where it looks awkward, it looks like they're not meeting each other's needs. So Clayton tries to explain that the love that he has for her is different than the love that he has for Gabby. Rachel starts drying her eyes with a brown paper towel, which honestly no one could afford tissues. None of the producers had Kleenex. Nobody could get her at least like toilet paper. No one thought hmm, he's about to do
1: something terrible we should prepare with tissues.
0: Just and somebody else noted that in his um, jacket, Clayton has a pocket square. And he doesn't think to offer it to her. She's crying so hard that by the time we get to the rose ceremony reset, she has no eye makeup on. If she was wearing eyelashes, she Rachel Lindsay style cried her eyelashes off like There's nothing left on her face by the end of this. And he doesn't think to offer her the pocket square. Come on, man. Rachel at one point is just like curled up in a ball, sobbing into his lap because she's so torn about this. Clayton insists that he loves her, that it could be them at the end of this. He feels like this relationship is worth fighting for. Gabby agree, or excuse me, Rachel agrees. She feels like their love is worth it, but she's not sure if she can handle what's going on. And Clayton, like, begs her to trust him and to meet his family and just take it day by day. While you were watching this, did you have a sense of how it was going to play out?
1: The first time watching it, I was still hopeful for mm-hmm. Clayton and Rachel. Gabby knew she was too good for him mm-hmm. and was ready to say her goodbyes. And I was like, respectful. I like it. Do what you gotta do. I didn't think I I didn't think I knew how it was really going to play out. I was like, I feel like I'm still confused.
0: Yeah. Watching this conversation where he specifically says it could still it could be us at the end of this. I think this is worth fighting for. Please come meet my parents. I would love for you to meet my family. I really thought he was going to course correct and end up choosing Rachel because he was going to see just how much he loved her, how much she loved him. I really thought it was going to work out and watching it back and knowing how it ends. This just makes me so mad. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not as into somebody as they're into you, don't leave them on just end it
1: yeah it's it's hard to watch after you know what happens because you're you're you fought for them so much saying the same thing with gabby like that thing that happens in a little bit like it's the same sort of thing you're like why did you fight so much when you were willing to give it up so easily
0: precisely you beg for them to stay you begged for them to fight through the hard times and then as soon as it gets too hard for you you throw in the towel are you serious
1: when his biggest complaint with Susie was she didn't fight for this relationship
0: precisely it's like rules for thee, not for me he has a separate set of standards for himself and for other people And he's just, he's so clearly not ready for a serious relationship and that's fine. You may feel like you need to be in a serious relationship right now because of your age, because of where your other friends are at, because you do want a family someday and you're frustrated that that's not happening right now, but don't drag other people into your mess.
1: Messy, messy,
0: messy himbo. Um, So when we come back from commercial, we see them reset for the rose ceremony. Clayton asks Rachel if she will accept his rose. She says yes. She looks resigned but hopeful, I guess.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He asks Gabby if she will accept a rose. And she says no. Clayton looks like he's buffering for a few minutes and then... (laughs) Gabby asks if he wants to walk her out, which is just a fantastic power play from Gabby. And Rachel does a series of physical reactions to realizing that she won by default. And just this whole exchange is iconic. I loved this moment. It gave me so much hope. Mm -hmm. Gabby then proceeds to... Tell Clayton exactly why she's leaving, which is that she is not in the business of competing with anyone for love. And just this whole run from Gabby that she started a little bit earlier in the episode and flawlessly continues now, just fantastic. Yeah. He once again keeps harping on the fact that the love that he has for the two of them is different. I think he just doesn't understand what love is.
1: It's clear, it's like very apparent that he doesn't have a concrete definition of love. And that's fair. You don't you don't have to have a concrete definition of love, but you should understand that love should be one thing, not many.
0: Right. It's one say that you're in love
1: with someone. You could say you love many things.
0: Yes, exactly. It's one thing to have feelings for multiple people at the same time especially if you're dating around you know dating a couple of people at the same time it's another thing completely to convince yourself that you are in love with all three of them no at that point even if you think that don't tell them all that you know like keep it to yourself keep it to yourself exactly Clayton basically says that this is his last plead and if you're set in your decision that's okay then proceeds to try to convince her to change her mind Gabby says that she assumes that he told the other women that he loved them with the same quote the same volition the same intention the same excitement and that's what made my week special just dagger right to the heart we love it from gabby mm-hmm. she then calls him out by saying just say you're sorry or something and clayton immediately is like i am sorry he hasn't actually like apologized at this point i feel like did he did he really say i'm sorry at any point during this whole exchange nope he
1: just dropped bombs and then let them cry it out or yell at him and never said I'm so, he did one of those like, "I'm sorry you feel that way."
0: Yes, exactly. Which is also another one of his recurring themes is, "I'm sorry that people were upset" or "I'm sorry that people got hurt." Mm-hmm. Which that's not a real apology. That's you feeling guilty that your actions had consequences.
1: You could feel sorry that someone was hurt while also feeling sorry yourself. I could be, like, "I'm sorry that this hurt you." I'm sorry I did that to you.
0: And that's the piece that he's missing, that I'm sorry I
2: did that. Mm -hmm.
0: (sighs) Clayton, just after saying his first I'm sorry and offering no specifics besides I am sorry, tells Gabby that he's trying to convince her because he believes that what they have is special. Once again, this is complete bullshit. I will say, though, Clayton is very bad. He's a terrible communicator throughout most of the season, but when he's begging these women to stay, he does a very good job of convincing them that it could be them and that he wants them to see it through in case it is. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes him such a garbage person. Uh, They keep going back and forth. Uh, Clayton keeps Not respecting Gabby's decision to leave, even though he said he would respect their decision no matter what. We then cut to Rachel, who is sitting on the ground crying because he's once again left her alone to cry. She brings up the fact that two people that he is in love with removed themselves from the competition. She's just the last one standing, and that's not fair to him and it's not fair to her um Gabby then returns and they have this beautiful exchange where Gabby apologizes for making her wait Rachel's immediately like no are you okay um and Gabby does accept a rose on the second time and that was the first hour of the show and that was
1: really nice to see between um Gabby and Rachel like they don't care about making Clayton wait or making him sweat it out they check in with each other and they're like, hey, like, I know it's the thing that Clayton lacks, the empathy to be like, hey, I realized my attempt at departing from this has added some extra stress to you. I'm sorry I did that. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help? The things Clayton should be saying and is not.
0: Precisely. It's, I know I'm feeling bad. I'm sure you're feeling bad too. Mm-hmm. Whereas Clayton just stops at, I'm feeling bad. We then get a hot seat discussion with three former leads in the live studio audience. They are Nick Viall, Claire Crawley, and Michelle Young. My main question here is, why was Claire there?
1: My guess would be because she also had a controversial season or quarter of a season. nanosecond of the season. (laughs) of just like having big feelings and like not just kind of like going with her first thought and like not really thinking about anyone else and how it affected other people.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's a good point. Um, I don't really remember what Claire said. Um, I don't think she had anything noteworthy to add. Michelle also, I feel like didn't add too much to the conversation. The absolute worst thing that these two episodes did was made, make me agree with Nick Viall. I forget how much you hate him. I hate him. I hate his condescending attitude. I hate the way that he mumbles and refuses to go to any sort of speech therapy to fix it. I hate the way that he thinks he's smarter than literally every other person because he's done this show four times and hasn't had a single relationship work out. I hate the fact that he thinks that he's qualified to give relationship advice now that he's in a relationship with a woman who is about 20 years younger than he is. Just, I hate him, throw him away. However, he does make a good point here. He points out that Clayton doesn't want to start a relationship with lies and then just doesn't tell the women that he told Susie that he was the most in love with her while he's trying to convince them to stay. And Nick is objectively correct here. Yes.
2: Uh, The
1: main takeaway I got from the hot seat is that Nick, Claire, Michelle, and the rest of America can agree that Clayton is a poor communicator as the lead. Yeah. That's it. That's all we needed to know. Um, Yeah, Why they chose these three individuals specifically, but they did.
0: And I don't know why they needed all three of them. And, like, we didn't get any warning ahead of the episode that they were going to be on, I don't think.
1: Mm -mm, we definitely did not
0: so it wasn't even like they advertised having former leads there to draw people in they were just kind of there
2: Mm -hmm.
0: we then cut to clayton talking to his family uh he basically walks them through everything Clayton's parents are like, yeah, of course they want to leave because you slept with two of them. You said you were in love with all three of them. And we're confused about why you're confused that they're angry. Mm -hmm. Clayton's mom says, I don't know how you can be in love with three people. Clayton's dad says that he needs to understand that none of them want to be second or third. They all want to be first. And Clayton does nothing with this information. Yep, it went in one ear and out the other. Just wild. Um, he sees himbo, at it again. Just himboing about once again. I will say though, Clayton gets very mad at his mom a couple of times and I do not like that. One of the criteria that I'm looking for in a guy is that he has to love his mom and has to respect his mom. And when Clayton's mom says that she's worried that she's going to think about Gabby like a consolation prize, and that's worrisome for her. He's like, she's not a consolation prize. You need to not think about her like that. when clearly she is to him.:
1: Yeah, who were you planning on sending home at the Rose ceremony, sir?
0: yeah, who was who was your original final three? I'm pretty sure it wasn't Susie, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't Rachel. so let's let's be honest here.
1: Yeah. Who was the person you were full if Susie had you had your fantasy suite with Susie? Who was going home?
0: It was Gabby. It was clearly Gabby. Gabby knew it was Gabby.
1: So don't lie to us and say that she's not your like runner up here.
0: Exactly. Don't put yourself on some sort of pedestal because Gabby is still here. Not because you wanted her to be here, but because you were so scared of being alone that you begged her to stay. Um, Gabby's time with his parents goes really well. Both of his parents just are so sweet and so kind to Gabby, especially his dad. His dad does a really good job of like talking to Gabby and acknowledging that Clayton was kind of dumb, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And overall, I think the visit goes pretty well. Did you have any insight into the visit or anything that you found noteworthy?
1: No, I just thought it went well. It was clear that they they were anxious about meeting her because she was the one who tried to leave and then came back and they're, we already had one girl leave and actually leave so she could end up hurting Clayton and they're like oh wait this girl's great Clayton are you dumb like why were you gonna let this girl leave
0: exactly yeah I think that they like they go into meeting the women being like well the one that he liked the most isn't here so these other two girls probably like we're not going to get along as well with them as we would have with Susie, but then they meet them and they're like, Clayton, you idiot. Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? We then see his, uh, we see him introduce his family to Rachel and his dad notes that Rachel has been all in since day one, kind of pointing out the fact that Rachel was the one who stayed, not the one who left. And I actually thought that the way that both- his parents reflected on this they clearly understand why Gabby wanted to leave they're not begrudging Mm -hmm. Gabby for trying to leave um they're just noting that Rachel didn't leave she was never out she's always been willing to fight for it and I thought that they were pretty diplomatic about it
1: they were I thought they did a really good job of being like not making Gabby out to be any villain or like Susie to be out to be any villain they were just like oh like it makes sense that they're upset and they're but clearly this girl sees
0: something Clayton that
1: the other two didn't
0: exactly yeah She loves him the most she does love him the most and we can say that because you know we have eyeballs
2: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) um it goes super well with Clayton's parents again Rachel looks tiny surrounded by Clayton's family members but she, when asked by Clayton's mom if she would accept a proposal, she immediately says, yes, I think it's him. He's perfect for me. Rachel's dad <laughs> says that he, he would have smacked Clayton if he were in her shoes. It seems like she would really fit in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, she gets some time to talk to his brothers, too. It seems like they would get along really well. And as Clayton is seeing her out, he says a very strange series of words, which are, I appreciate all that you've done today. It meant so much to me. I'm confused by that. Mm -hmm. He is, again, terrible with words. Just the worst with words. And after all of this, his conclusion is that he cannot let Susie go. Yeah, he sees, oh, my parents love
1: both of these girls and they clearly have feelings for me. So what I should do is go back to the girl that dumped me.
0: And when he expresses this to his family, they are rightfully very confused. Clayton tries to rationalize He sees a future in the moment with Gabby and Rachel, but at the end of the day, his heart is outside of these walls with Susie. And his family try to emphasize that she left because she didn't want to be there anymore. And he simply does not want to hear that and chooses not to hear that. His dad says, quite iconically, Clayton. When somebody walks away from you, they're walking away from you and they're done. They're finished. I think you're too caught up in the one that got away, which Clayton counters with, she could have walked out at any moment and his dad immediately goes, she did did. (laughs) like, so I am confused because Clayton is harping on the fact that she was talking the whole way out She could have gotten up and left, but didn't, even though she did twice.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, what is Clayton just like misremembering what happened? Like, what is going on here?
1: I don't understand. I think in his mind, his himbo brain, Mm -hmm. he was like, ah, I told her, you ended this, you're going home. And he forgets that it started with, you ended this.
0: Right. Like, Granted, it is a little bit confusing because Susie starts off their conversation by saying, if you slept with anybody else, if you've told anybody else you love them, I would like to remove myself from the competition. That's a deal breaker for me. I can't move forward. Clayton admits that he has, but asks her if they can still have their fantasy suite just to talk through things off camera. And she says, no. And They go off their separate ways. She talks to producer. He goes outside and brother Palmer appears out of the void and they chat. And when they come back, Clayton is pretty pissed off at this point. And this is when Susie is like, so it's over. You're sending me home. And I think that's part of the confusion is it starts off with her being like, I don't want to be here anymore. I can't move forward. And ends with her being like, you're sending me home and him walking her to the car with her like two feet behind him Mm -hmm. again not like doing anything to console her not doing anything to show her that he cares about her at all but he it still ends with him walking her to the SUV and putting her in it and her trying to like talk to him the whole way and him ignoring it but like (sighs) he's so dumb so dumb they're all dumb
2: um
0: I did love that his family was like no she doesn't want you and he tries to say like well you guys told me to follow my heart so that justifies everything that I've done to everybody here um and they just keep trying to call him out hmm We end the episode with Brother Palmer appearing once again out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure that door was just like a set door, like on a TV show. He appears in the Airbnb that Clayton's mom apparently found to tell Clayton that Susie is still in Iceland. And he basically encourages him to try to talk to her. I get that Jesse Palmer's role is to be Clayton's guide, but do you think that he should have encouraged her, encouraged him to go talk to Susie? Objectively,
1: no. Subjectively, yes. So that Gabby and Rachel could escape ABC's Himbo.
2: Ooh,
0: that, that's a good read. Because
1: objectively, no. Like, let him, te- make his parents knock some sense into him at this point. Like, Brother Palmer has done no good all season. Why are you going to start listening to him now? Why does he have something to say now? Yep. Um, Subjectively, no, he should say nothing. Subjectively, yeah, say something so Rachel and Gabby can leave this man forever.
0: And move on to bigger and better things, honestly. Mm -hmm. It really bothers me. The show did this before with Cassie, and we'll get to Cassie's hot seat in just a minute. When the lead has convinced himself to pick a woman and that woman does not want to be picked. The show bends over backwards to accommodate the man even when the woman has sent herself home and we saw what happened with Colton and Cassie. Now I'm not saying that Clayton is going to put a tracker on Susie's car. I'm not saying that he's going to Make a fake number to text her from to make it look like they have a mutual stalker. I'm not saying that he's going to show up outside of Susie's family's house at two in the morning, three in the morning, just to see if she's there. But I'm saying the fact that Susie said no, Susie said, I want out. Clayton refused to accept that. And then the show facilitated reuniting them is really disrespectful to what Susie has said she wants.
1: Yeah, they just do not respect her boundaries in the slightest and they continue to not respect it throughout
0: the exactly. as well. They paint them as confused women who don't actually know what they want. When in reality, Cassie's gut was spot on.
2: Yeah.
0: So after brother Palmer chats with all of the very tall Eckerds we jump back to the live studio audience we have a hot seat between Caitlin Rodney and Cassie Randolph the last time we heard from Cassie was when she did the pre-taped interview with Chris Harrison during the bachelor goat seasons during quarantine um she got a lot of shit for doing that interview from Colton because they had just broken up and Chris Harrison asked her how she was doing after the breakup she was very diplomatic during that time and he just
1: took it the wrong way and was like she's using me for whatever which is just not that she she answered in the most polite way she could
0: exactly um so i really thought we would never see cassie again after that because a couple months later was when all of the abuse stuff came out mm-hmm why did they let anybody except for Cassie speak on this like she's the only person who can really speak on this situation why did they even ask Caitlin and Rodney any questions
1: did Rodney add anything of substance or did he just say I don't really know what Clayton was thinking there
0: pretty much um Caitlin and Rodney took the company line of like you know it's his journey and he should follow his heart and if his heart is saying Susie he should try to see that through which, no, he shouldn't. Susie said no. But anyway. Um, Cassie. No in every
1: context. Why is that so difficult?
0: Like, no means no. I. Just, everybody needs to go back and do like the consent EDU stuff from their college orientation. Yeah, because, go watch
1: the milk and cookies video again and then you can go on The Bachelor. I don't understand.
0: Like, it just, it blows my mind that, at 18, I had a better concept of consent than these literal adults do. But Cassie basically, Jesse Palmer asks her, you know, Cassie, you are in a similar situation to Susie. What advice do you have to give her? And she basically says, don't let production convince you to do what will satisfy the audience. You know, do what you think is best for you. And I am honestly shocked that they let her say that like granted it was a live show, but Mm -hmm. they asked her a loaded question and she gave the answer that she was going to give and it just, it makes me sad that they, you know, didn't adhere to her advice. Mm -hmm. So that was the end of night one. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, What takeaways did you have from this?
1: Everything is infuriating. That yes. was my biggest takeaway from night one was everything is infuriating.
0: Like when the episode ends with him telling his parents he's gonna go back to Susie and try to make it work, that's how you know it's bad. Like we basically just wasted two hours. We did waste two hours.
1: And also knowing that he said he was going to be transparent and upfront with the other women. Mm -hmm. And now he's doing this without talking to them about how he's feeling. Mm -hmm. So Clayton continues to be a liar. I've spent two hours watching people cry, thinking maybe something will work out, only to know that everything is bad.
0: Exactly. He wants them to have transparent and honest relationships. However, he is Unable to be transparent and honest about what went down with Susie, he leaves out crucial pieces of information. And then when the women are honest with him, he can't accept it. When Gabby says, "I'm not in the business of competing for love," he begs her to keep competing for love. He just he can't accept what she's saying. And that makes me mad.
2: It, it makes me
1: very mad, very upset. We
0: pick up on Tuesday kind of where we left off Jesse Palmer approaches Susie tells her that Clayton has been a wreck since she left and really regrets how it ended and then basically tells her that she has to go talk to Clayton today Mm -hmm. this really rubbed me the wrong way did it how did it make you feel
1: Anytime brother Palmer was on my screen this season, I was upset. Yeah. And as I told you earlier in the season, Susie had the most confusing edit of all time. Yes. As both bachelorette edit villain edit and front runner edit, nothing made sense. Yeah. I think they couldn't decide which narrative to go with and neither can I.
0: (laughs) Neither can Susie, honestly, like I think she's confused for a lot of the season but her leaving was the one moment she actually had clarity and then the show made her feel like she was wrong she was misinterpreting it Mm -hmm. I think it's stupid that Jesse Palmer is the one who goes in to speak for Clayton and try to mend things for Clayton we see this throughout the episode, it shifts from Jesse Palmer defending Clayton to Susie defending Clayton. I've seen a lot of the internet discourse saying that um, Clayton didn't just get a girlfriend, he got a PR agent in Susie because she's doing so much damage control for them. And somehow this turns into Susie meeting Clayton's entire family do you think she knew that they were all going to be there or do you think no, she
1: thought absolutely she's... not I think she definitely thought she was just meeting Clayton
0: like, which is what she the was hell?
1: Like, she was like um we should go outside
0: like what the hell is that that's so awful to Susie she there's no way she's going to make a good impression especially based on what she wants to say to him you know mm-hmm. she's not going to be like ready to meet the parents and be all, you know, please like me, even though I broke up with your son two days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved that she, they offered to take her coat and she was like, no, actually, I think Clayton and I should go talk outside, Mm -hmm. like excellent power move. I also appreciated that his parents were much more objective about this situation than pilot Pete's parents were with Maddie mm-hmm. like I get that that was more Maddie kind of threw him a curveball ball and expected something different than the way pilot Pete lives his life and his parents were more defensive but the fact that they couldn't see objectively that like she told you it would be difficult for her to continue if you slept with anybody, you slept with other people anyway, and now you're sad that she doesn't want you anymore. Like the fact that they couldn't see objectively how Pilot Pete's actions were hurtful compared to Clayton's parents who were like, you screwed the pooch here. It was just really nice to see parents being objective about their kid. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like we don't get a lot of on this um, in this franchise. No, we get a lot of my kid is the greatest. What are you talking about?
1: I could disagree, and you would be lucky to have them. Mm-hmm.
0: Barb, especially. Barb loves Pilot Pete, which is great, but Pilot Pete's kind of an idiot, so.
1: But smarter than himbo here.
0: <sighs> Somehow smarter than himbo, shockingly. Mm-hmm. So Clayton and Susie go outside. Susie voices what exactly made her upset, which is the way that he. Changed his um, his tone and the way that he was speaking to her while they were breaking up. She likens it to feeling like a stray dog that had come into his home and was being shooed out. Which, looking back on it, that's pretty much exactly what it looks yeah, like. That is what it looks like. She, that's very accurate uh, depiction. She says, if you have love for me as a person, how can you treat me like this? You made me feel wrong and bad. And that to me was the heartbreak. Which, spot on. No problems there. Mm -hmm. Clayton justifies this by saying, I did not mean those things that I said. I was just scared to lose you.
1: So then I sent you away.
0: That makes it worse.
1: (laughs) I have no words, just deep sigh.
0: Like... We've all said things in worse ways than we intend to during an argument because that's how emotions work. But he said some pretty awful things during their
1: breakup. He said, I don't even know who I'm looking at.
0: You can't say that to somebody you love. You also can't say that and not mean it at least a little bit. Exactly, yes, yeah
1: he has talked about it since and she's talked about it since saying that someone had put into his head that she just wanted to be bachelorette and that's why she was sending herself home and that's why he said that those things was that that narrative he had kind of like tricked himself into thinking
0: I mean looking at it I thought that she was setting herself up to be the bachelorette like she decided like she had the ick for Clayton she didn't want it anymore so she might as well look super fine in her beautiful green sparkly dress and Mm -hmm get the heartbreak at it and become the bachelorette like that is a reasonable conclusion to draw from the situation but that's not if you really love somebody you don't say those things to them in that situation you try to give them a reason to stay and if they still don't want to stay you respect that
1: yeah I lost a lot of respect for both them kind of going back on that moment and like Mm -hmm. deciding to move on from it. You should believe people when they show you who they are and they both show that they communicate differently. They don't work well together. They, and they talk out of a place of hurt in ways Mm -hmm. that hurt others. Exactly, yeah. And I think we should all have more respect for ourselves. If someone talks to you that, if someone you love talks to you that way, do not stand for it. You can have a conversation about it, but you should reevaluate things.
0: I really lost a lot of respect for Susie because not only did she acknowledge that argument and say that they agreed to move past it, she saw the way that he talked to her friends while breaking up with them. And she's still posting all over Instagram. Like everything is fantastic. If I saw somebody talk to my friends that way, immediately out. No more. Cannot do it. Yeah, it's, it's been hard to watch. And going back to I don't know who I'm looking at anymore. Um, one of my friends had a guy say that to her while they were in the process of breaking up. And it completely broke her. It made her question her reality. It made her go back and reanalyze every single conversation they had had, everything she had done, it made her feel like she was the bad guy when she hadn't done anything wrong in that relationship. Saying, I don't know who I'm looking at anymore, or I don't know who you are anymore, that is not okay. Like, it just, it completely messes with the other person, and it's not an appropriate thing to say.
1: You're saying those words because you know they'll hurt, not because, yep. not for any other
0: reason. Like Clayton can pretend all day long that he's a good guy and he just got caught up in the moment. You're still in control of the words that come out of your mouth. Yeah, you no may one's not,
1: forcing you to say the things you're saying.
0: You may not have intended to completely break all these people, but the impact those words have I don't know how you can't recognize what that's going to do to somebody. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how you think you can come back from that. The other thing that Clayton says that just really pissed me off was he tells Susie, the second you walked out, I lost everything. And if you do walk out, I will lose everything. That's not romantic.
1: It's not romantic. And is this still a man that has two girls thinking that they're the one?
0: That he has begged to stay because what they have is special and it could work out and it could still be them at the end of this. Just bullshit. Throw the whole man away.
1: Met his family that his family loved and adored. Begged. Begged to meet his family. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's not romantic. He's desperate and he's stupid.
0: And saying to somebody, if you leave me, I will lose everything. That is bordering on abuse yeah that's emotional abuse it's emotional abuse Clayton begs Susie to stay she says that she appreciates his apology but she needs to think about it before she can give him a final answer girl you don't need to think about it just go with your gut just leave and from this Jesus Christ Clayton decides that the best course of action is to go to Rachel and Gabby and break up with them. At the same time. Like, even Colton had the wherewithal to recognize that he needed to break up with Taysha and Hannah G. separately. He went and talked to them individually. Granted, he did a lot of crying, which meant that Taysha, while getting her heart broken, had to console him, so that wasn't great. Mm -hmm. But he at least talked to them individually explained the situation apologized and then left them alone Clayton just
1: you can tell our mood has shifted from discussing the first episode to the second because we're so tired of him being so stupid
0: like I've seen a lot of think pieces and listens to a lot of podcasts talking about how production is to blame for the way things went down because they insisted on the order of the fantasy suites. They probably encouraged him to break up with both of them together. It may have even been their idea. They may have been like, it's better if you do it this this way because then they have each other. Take a minute to think about that
1: even if production forced him to break up with them together his actions post breakup were his own where he refused to comfort anyone except when someone told him he was a bad person he's like whoa, whoa no I'm not he does nothing to console either of them except when they are coming for him and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa no no I'm a good guy I'm doing this because I'm a good guy
0: anybody who says I'm a good guy no you're not no you're not immediately no.
1: immediately no
0: it's like needing to say, I'm not racist. Clearly there's some reason why you're being accused of being racist. And if your immediate reaction is to get defensive and not to think, why are people accusing me of being racist? That's the problem. So we start off the group breakup with Rachel and Gabby sitting together, talking about what they've gone through. They Both say like, did you meet his parents? I met his parents. Did you have another date? I didn't have another date. And then Clayton walks in, and he says a bunch of nothing, including, "I accept full responsibility for my actions." I don't think he knows what that means.
1: Mm -hmm. He doesn't.
0: He keeps insisting that he'll he'll respect. The women's decision and how they handle what he has to say and then doesn't do that
1: because he's a liar like we know
0: and then he launches into his monologue of saying i saw a future with both of you and i told you that i loved you and i meant it but now i see that it's not physically possible for me to be in love with three people, I can no longer be that person for either of you because my heart is no longer here. It's with Susie. The next note I wrote was, This man is so stupid. Yeah, there's um
1: there's not much we can say on that. We've already discussed his stupidity at length, and I, it nothing changed. He continued to be stupid, he continues to be a poor communicator, but we can talk about our queens, Rachel and Gabby.
0: I have one more thing that I want to talk about with Mm -hmm. Clayton. What do you want to say? I know he's stupid. He (laughs) ends this by saying, I hope that one day you can forgive me. And I get if today is not that day. And then like, while they're talking about how hurtful he's been to both of them, he tries to convince these women to forgive him in that moment. Just like he, his biggest problem, I think is making selfish choices but then needing everybody to still like him and respect him after them instead of acknowledging that he's being selfish. Like you, you don't get to have both. You don't get to follow your heart regardless of the consequences and also be beloved.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not how this works. But yes, after this, we get the continuation of Gabby being an icon. She basically says that he should try to be more empathetic the next time he breaks up with two girls at the same time and then gets up and leaves and Clayton runs after her Rachel is like crying on the couch by herself Gabby literally is like I am done here goodbye and he runs after her like
1: What is wrong with you? He just wants to be liked by everyone. And I'm sorry, you can't break up with someone and expect them to like you.
0: No, that's not how this works. You can't be like, huh, so you convinced us that you were in fact, all three of us in love with all three of us. It was just a different kind of love for each of us. You begged us to stay. You begged us to meet your families. And now you're saying, actually, no, I can't possibly be in love with three people, even though we told you that. And now you want me to like you? Are you kidding me? So we see Gabby just ream Clayton out. It's fantastic. Um, what did you? What was the line that stood out to you the most during her just absolutely dismantling Clayton?
1: Ooh, what was the best line? Honestly, one of my favorite things she did was when he said, "Can I walk you out?" and she made this face of absolute disgust and was just like, "No." <laughs>
0: I described it as stink face, comma, tone clearly indicating that she thinks he's a moron.
1: (laughs) That was my favorite moment from her. It was her being like, are you literally stupid? No, you cannot. I'm going to go when I feel like it.
0: What really impressed me, we've seen throughout the season that Gabby is very goofy. You know, when Shanae goes home, she drinks two balls of champagne at the same time, Mm -hmm. like a walrus straight from the bottle in celebration. She's fun. She's you know, she seems like a good hang. She seems really funny and bubbly and a little bit ditzy, but in a very good way. What really impresses me so much about Gabby is she's clearly so hurt and so upset, but she analyzes the situation without all of the information perfectly. She reads Clayton like a book granted he's like a picture book he's not too Mm -hmm. complicated but she just absolutely eviscerates him being so angry and so hurt and just the way that she delivers her monologue is like flawless Mm -hmm. she even points out the fact that she tried to leave and Clayton begged her to stay because he didn't want her to leave on her own terms. But then as soon as he figured his stuff out, it was okay for him to send her home and break up with her. And he's like, well, no, that's not how it worked. And she goes, yes, it is. That's exactly what happened. You didn't want me to leave on my own terms because your pride was
1: hurt. I think it was like, what the fuck is the difference?
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) My
1: exact note on it.
0: I also just love that she was like, when I wanted to leave, I could have spent the last three days with my friends and my family halfway across the world with the people who actually give a shit about me and he's like well that's not true and he, she's like no it is true you clearly don't care just fantastic um I loved the little um during Pilot Pete's finale we had the barb cam and this time we had Gabby's grandpa with his own little reaction camera mm-hmm. and the way that he is just like cheering her on as she absolutely rips this man to shreds just uh fantastic loved it it was beautiful
1: iconic at this point i was like if gabby's not ba- bachelorette they're doing it wrong like
0: yeah i think <laughs> there there was no tr- there was no question honestly after the first night that gabby was going to be somehow involved mm-hmm. in the bachelorette i love that they both get to do it um we can go into a little bit more of analysis of how that's going to work at the end of the podcast but gabby godspeed i'm so excited to watch you thrive um we then cut to gabby in the live studio audience and she just looked so good she
1: looked fantastic i was just like spectacular beautiful stunning clayton
2: stupid
0: clayton's um, she, it's very clear that she has recovered. She's, you know, accepted everything moving on from it. Even when she talked to Clayton, she was kind of just like, yeah, what you did was really stupid and it really hurt me. And he continues to give these lines about how he was following his heart and doing what he thought was right in the moment and other Nonsense that clearly shows that he doesn't know how to take full accountability for his actions. Um, but it was, you know, much more civil than what we saw during the Iceland breakup and what we see later from Rachel. So Gabby's doing great.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. As did, she you, should.
0: did you have anything, did anything stand out to you during the Clayton and Gabby hot seat or the Gabby solo hot seat?
1: No, I just have so much respect for her as a person in general and as a contestant
0: on this show. Absolutely. Yeah. Like she tears him down so well without saying shit like, I don't even know who I'm looking at anymore. Like it's not a personal attack. It's just her stating the facts and making her point. And, and
1: it's it sounds like she just wants she's like, I just want you to grow and be a better partner for whoever you're with in the future. Cause yeah. you kind of suck right now.
0: Yeah. Which she's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. We then get a very different vibe once again from Clayton and Rachel as they break up. Rachel is once again just sobbing. She's so confused and so upset. She really thought it was going to be her. And we really thought it was going to be her. And mm-hmm. everybody's confused that's not her. Like she does a really great job of like pointing out to the specific moments that confused her and made her think it was going to be her. And her reflection and analysis as Clayton is sending her home is very different from Gabby, but it gets the same point across where he clearly has not thought at all about how his actions are going to affect other people and that he has a lot of growing up to do. Um, The most noteworthy line is they're walking out the whole time. She's like, I can't believe you're walking me out. I can't believe you're doing this. He they get to the car. She goes, I can't believe you're putting me in this car. I can't believe you're ending this. This is going to haunt you. is going
1: to haunt you, was chills. So good. My other line from her was, He said, I'm so sorry. And she goes, You gave up on us. You gave up. I never gave up. I never stopped fighting for you. Mm-hmm. And she's still actively fighting as he's bringing her to the car. And he has no reaction, he doesn't shed a single tear, which she mentions when she's in the car. She goes, He didn't even cry. Like this meant nothing to him.
0: Exactly. I hope that she holds on to these moments and that they helped her heal. When she and Gabby during the rose ceremony from hell go their separate ways, he doesn't go to comfort either of them. When she finally goes to talk to him, he doesn't grab her hand as she's trying to go down the stairs in her heels. Mm -hmm. When he goes to break up with them together, When Gabby leaves, he immediately goes running after Gabby. When Gabby tries to send herself home, he spends 20, 30 minutes trying to convince her to stay, leaving Rachel upstairs all by herself, not knowing what's going to happen. When he's sending her home and putting her in the car, he looks like a robot. Not only does he not cry, he doesn't show any emotion whatsoever. He says, I'm
1: so sorry without a single muscle in his face moving.
0: And I get that. He's... A dude who grew up in rural Missouri who played football. So there's there's a lot of stigma around men showing emotion in all of those communities. However, you've already cried on this show. You've cried in your interviews. You've said in you the said, women. i t- so broken
1: earlier this episode, your last episode.
0: You said on the women tell all, and granted, like that was filmed after what happened with Rachel happened. But you said that you're not ashamed to cry and real men cry. Which is it, Clayton? Or do you just really not give a shit about this girl?
1: I think he doesn't give a shit. He was a good actor.
0: And that sucks. Mm-hmm. We then get to watch Rachel ream him out. She also looks fabulous. Um, I didn't like her dress quite as much as I liked Gabby's dress, but she still mm-hmm. looked great. Um, She flew to Columbus and got her hair done before the AFR and she looked great. Mm -hmm. She makes the point as she's talking to Jesse that she is probably going to cry, but it's not because she has any lingering feelings for Clayton. It's just because I think it's just because she's so embarrassed and feels like she couldn't stand up for herself.
1: She had these lines when Jessica was like, how do you feel about talking to Clayton tonight? She goes, I feel like he doesn't really deserve to talk to me, but I deserve the chance to speak up for myself because I couldn't before. Yep. The silence was deafening when Clayton comes out.
0: She doesn't then- even stand up. She stays seated. She doesn't stand up to hug him. Like Gabby at least gave him like a polite little hug. Rachel, no movement.
1: And the first thing she does is look at him and go, none of these emotions are for you or about you. I was, I was like collateral damage in your process and I was like oh I was not expecting this heat from Rachel over Gabby yeah but like yeah not Rachel
0: and honestly I'm really glad that her emotions have shifted from loss and sorrow to just being so freaking pissed off because she should be pissed about this
2: Mm -hmm.
0: he gave her every indication it was going to be her and then suddenly It wasn't going to be her anymore and he gave her no explanation as to why
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um my favorite part of the night was when she asks him point blank did you tell me you loved me just to sleep with me and he says no absolutely not and she goes well I don't believe you like
1: (laughs) I don't believe him either my favorite was brother Palmer turning Clayton going so Clayton are you haunted
0: (laughs) <laughs> and it's he like, just, like what question is like, this? He just doesn't like directly answer it either. Like he kind of skirts around it because he can't say, like, well, I'm with Susie again, so I can't say that I'm not haunted, but I guess I'm not haunted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really looks like Rachel's dad wanted to beat Clayton up. I'm <laughs> seeing
1: Rachel's mom.
0: Right. Like we get, we first get the shots of Rachel's dad and then Rachel's mom pipes in. She's like, I have nothing to say either. And the look in her eyes is just pure fury. It was awesome. It yeah, was awesome. So now that we've achieved icon status for both of these women, we return to what happened in Iceland. Clayton gets a letter to Susie and just kind of like, apologizes, I guess, and asks her to meet him in the countryside. And she has apparently said they didn't tell her what was going to happen. They just told her to put on the fancy dress and go, which Mm -hmm. if you're told to put on a provided evening gown, I think you can figure out what's going on. But once again, they didn't tell her that he had a ring. They didn't tell her that she was going to a final row ceremony. She's also just... broken up
1: with him three times already, so
0: exactly, exactly. So we get to this Viking restaurant. Clayton says in his ITMs that like he has a ring. I think at this point he says like he doesn't necessarily intend to use it, but just to show her that he's taking this seriously. And then Susie rolls up and he launches into like, it's you, I'm serious about us. This is how serious I am. And he holds up a ring, which that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you want to give it another shot? And Susie says, no. <laughs> the love says, is for real.
1: And she goes, yes, no chance. And he goes, okay.
0: What I love about this is she takes the time to say that she appreciated his letter and reading his words and his apology was really moving for her. But she can see now that the love he has for her is different than the love she has for him and she doesn't think she can get there, which we all knew when during the fantasy suite episode when he says that he loves her and she looks like a deer in the headlight like we know that she doesn't love him the same way at that point but they break up she gets back in the limo Clayton is single there's much rejoicing and then Jesse Palmer teases that Clayton is not actually single we come to find out that literally immediately after they left the show Susie DM'd Clayton and they've been together ever since how did this make you feel
1: Incredibly disappointed. And I did listen to Susie's um, podcast interview on McBowell's podcast, thinking it would make me feel better. And I can acknowledge that they've had a lot of tough conversations and they've really tried to work through things, but I cannot accept this.
0: (laughs) Thank you. It just, this man deserves to be single. I don't understand why she took him back. I don't understand She felt so bad about her role in this that she felt the need to reach out to him and console him. That's the part that confuses me the most.
1: I don't know. I thought listening to that episode would make me understand more, and it just really felt like she was like, Yeah, I didn't contact him with any intention of like getting back together or like even like being friends. I just wanted to let him know that like I care for him. And I was like, That is the most overplayed. Cliche of how to get back together with your ex is. Yeah, I was just thinking about you. I want to know how you're doing?
0: So I did not listen to the podcast with Nick, but I read on the forums that apparently she said that they have had arguments since then that have been much healthier. Mm-hmm. Is is that like an accurate summary of what she said?
1: Yeah, she basically said they like. When she DM'd him, they ended up um, talking on the phone for five hours that night, and then talked every night after that until eventually she's like, "What are we? Like, what are we doing here?" And they like argued and talked about, it, and they could both acknowledge it, that they're like neither one of us were incorrect in our reactions, like based on how we were viewing the situation. And she's like, "And I still call him out about it all the time."
0: Okay, that's not good. <laughs> If you, number one, have had multiple arguments since you got back together in December, like how many arguments are we talking about here? That's three months.
1: It sounded more like conversations than arguments though. Okay.
0: Conversations, not arguments I can get behind. I don't know. Something about this just really rubs me the wrong way. Like either you talk through everything that happened in Iceland and you accept it and you grow from it and you move on from it or you're unhappy about it and still like bring up how he handled it. I don't know. I feel like you can't say that you guys are happy and healthy and have moved on, but still bring up the way that you argued in Iceland three or four months ago.
1: She talked about how they have both gone through their journals and they've sat with both their journals Mm -hmm. open next to each other and like compared how they're both feeling at like throughout different parts of the process. So it does sound like they've had a lot of productive conversations about like how to grow from this and how to be better communicators with each other. But
0: yeah, I don't
1: love them obviously.
0: I'm not rooting against them. I'm definitely not rooting for them. I think if you have to do that much work that early in a relationship to make sure that you guys communicate in a way that doesn't actively harm the other person maybe you shouldn't be together you know
1: I don't know I feel like they've already had an on again off again relationship mm-hmm. before it even really begins so
0: yeah absolutely well the episode ends with our announcement that Gabby and Rachel will be the bachelorette together um how did this make you feel I'm excited for them but I am
1: very confused why they have 30 men for both of them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and how it's going to work. Like mm-hmm. logistically, I don't think they've actually planned it out. I think they're just going to fumble along the way. And I'm upset that they're going to have a messy season because they didn't, weren't willing to put in the time or effort to make it better for them.
0: Yes, I agree. My immediate reaction was, oh, this is awesome. They both get a shot at actually finding somebody And then my second reaction was this is not going to work Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because they're going to, production is just going to try to make it as messy and dramatic as possible. Like, there's no way they're going to actually try to make it work for either of them. They're not going to have the steps in place to make sure that they both find love. Mm -hmm. But apparently, this worked on Joe Millionaire this season. They had two Joes, one was a millionaire, one was like a normal dude and the women yeah normal joe and they had a collective pool of women until they got down to I think like eight or 16 of them and then they split between the two leads so obviously there's probably going to be one or two guys who they're both really into but I hope that at some point the guys and the women kind of split into their own pools and I do think that Gabby and Rachel are so close at this point. They're so bonded through this horrible experience that they'll, mm-hmm. they'll do a lot of the work that production is unable to do in terms of communicating their feelings for each of the guys to one another. I think so too. I'm excited and, to see how it plays out. And I think they do have different tastes than men.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So some final thoughts on the season. What do you think would have been the most satisfying way for this season to play out?
1: Um, for Clayton to end up very single and not get back together with Susie
0: at the end of it. Yeah, I agree. I just, I don't understand how we didn't get that ending after the last two nights. Mm-hmm. Who stood out to you the most? Gabby, for sure. Mm-hmm. Gabby was just an all star.
1: The whole, the whole, season but like definitely shined hometowns to the end
0: she just like she had such a character development from hometowns through the end she went from like the comic relief to actually this is a girl with tremendous depth who's gone through a lot who still manages to be such a joy and can deal with heartbreak in such a constructive reflective crazy intelligent way Um, For me, I think Rachel's shift from where she was in Iceland to where she was at the finale was just Mm -hmm. like remarkable. That was was
1: incredible to see because I was I was worried about her.
0: Me too. Um, Who are you rooting for the most on Paradise? Oh, that's a good question, because originally I thought Gabby
1: was going to be someone that would go to Paradise and she was obviously going to be my pick.
0: Yeah, I thought she was going to be the queen of paradise.
1: I don't know who I'm rooting for most on paradise. Right now, literally the entire rest of the season has escaped my brain.
0: Right, because we've just been with these three women for such a long time.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I think I'm still rooting the most for Serene. I am also rooting for Teddy, of course, if it doesn't work out with Clayton's brother.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Shall we get into our picks?
1: Yeah, let's get into our picks.
0: Who did you think was best dressed?
1: Gabby's after the final rose. Yep, that's what I had for sure. Without a doubt, breathtaking.
0: She just like, she has done a great job of dressing her body well. Like her um, rose ceremony from hell dress was also great. But when she came out for AFR, I was just like, holy cow.
1: What was your um, quote of the week? (sighs)
0: So I think it was either Clayton insisting that whoever he picks at the end of this is who he loves the most immediately after telling Susie he loves her the most or Gabby's run about love isn't measured it just is I just want to be loved for me I am not in the business of competing for love
1: Mm-hmm. That, would was your... minus, that would be minus that would be mine as well as her I'm not in the business for competing for love
0: it was hard to pick a Gabby quote I think that was why I went with a Clayton quote
1: mm-hmm.
0: she just had so many good ones she was iconic stellar this week what was your yikes this week
1: um Susie DMing Clayton
0: yeah that was a big yikes
1: <laughs> like was it on camera no but the fact that she DM'd this man after breaking up with him three times embarrassing
0: Right. The fact that she still felt the need to reach out to him after him shooing her out of his house like a stray dog. Just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Mine was Clayton not learning after the first time that you shouldn't have serious conversations with both of your girlfriends at the same time in a group setting.
1: That was my follow up. That was my runner up.
0: God, just bad. He scares me. Neil Lane ring watch we do get a uh, a brief shot of a Neil Lane ring that Clayton has selected for Susie what did you think of it yay or nay
1: nay the Neil Lane rings don't really do it for me honestly
0: I also said nay I appreciated that it was not a halo because I'm mm-hmm. sick of the halo no more halo
1: <laughs> no more halos
0: noted um returning category protect at all costs who was your favorite family member slash guest star? Rachel's parents. Yeah. They really shown this episode.
1: <laughs> Rachel's parents looking like they're going to commit actual murder. I thought her mom was literally being held back. I was like, Speci- I'm sure yeah. she has restraints.
0: Specifically her mom. Like she may have had a knife on her. She was mm-hmm. ready for blood. Um, mine was Gabby's grandpa. I loved their little hug as she was coming out to do her sit down with brother Palmer. Just Beautiful.
1: He's so cute. And then yeah. our new category is how long do you think Susie and Clayton will last?
0: So I am historically very bad at this. I thought that Becca and Garrett were going to break up after like maybe six months. And I thought Taisha and Zach were going to be together forever. Neither of those things happened. I think they will, Susie and Clayton will last between six months and one year what are your predictions?
1: I said either a year or forever. <laughs> There's no in between. They're either going to make it to a year and then be like, no, we can't do this. Or they're going to be together forever because they've decided they've bonded enough through this experience and grown enough together and dealt with enough
0: hardship, whatever, whatever. Did your mom have thoughts?
1: My mom's thoughts were just Clayton is stupid and he doesn't, she doesn't think Susie and Clayton are going to last very
0: long. No, I don't think. I think you're right. It's either they're not going to last very long or it's going to be the us against the world mentality that Lauren and Ari had where mm-hmm. they know that they have haters. And to their credit, Susie acknowledged like people aren't necessarily going to be rooting for us and that's understandable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it could be the us against the world success rate.
1: And that was it. That was it. We made it through Clayton season and now we are off until like July. Yeah,
0: what are we even going to do
1: until July? I don't know, because How I Met Your Father's done too.
0: Yeah, How I Met Your Father finished. Maybe we could do a bonus episode recapping the rest of that season and specifically the finale. Um, but if people want us to keep podding, we could maybe shift to like an every other week schedule in the off season. But mm-hmm. um, if you still want to hear from us, let us know. You can make us a TikTok and I will accept no other forms of communication. (laughs) There you go. But thanks for sticking with us. It's been really fun and we will maybe see you before July, but absolute worst case scenario, we will be recapping Gabby and
2: Rachel's season in July. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.